0: And welcome to another episode of Nerds Amalgamated. I'm the DJ, and with me today I have Buck.
1: Hello. How are you going, Buck? I'm marvelous. What about yourself?
0: Oh, it's been another day. It's been another day.
1: It happens.
0: Uh, it's always busy. Quite regularly, it's always busy. You can't you can't get catch a break anymore nowadays.
2: Or you're just lazy.
0: Uh, nah. I've been busy, busy flat out with assignments and all. Yeah. <laughs> and with with me also today, I have the professor.
2: Hello. How's it going? Good. Fun day. Just mildly pissed off because once again, I've gotten the uh, MBN will be in your area shortly. Letter just before I move.
1: Sounds perfect.
2: Yeah. So, life hack if anyone wants MBN, just invite me to move in with you. Then, when I move out, you will get (laughs) MBN.
1: Yeah, but is the MBN really worth the hassle?
2: It's better than what I've got now.
1: Yeah, no, but I mean, living with you to get the MBN.
2: Hey.
0: Oh man, that would be an interesting reality TV show. The Professor and Buck.
1: <laughs> Actually living living with the Professor probably be alright in some i like, generally we get along pretty well, so
0: although mind you, it would be funny that once you leave the house it would just the NBN would automatically spring up.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes.
0: <laughs> Anyways, um let's get the show on the road. Uh Buck, you've got a story about uh Japanese robotic experts are saying that there will be a machine uprising. Do I? Oh, yes, you
1: do. I never knew that. Have I got a new story? I haven't heard about an uprising. There's a predicted rise of machines and robots. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Ah. Reading
2: comprehension. What,
0: what's the what's the difference between rise of the machine and machine uprising? It's the same um,
1: Rise of the Machine is the evolutionary evolve robot. The uprising is when they revolt and have a revolution and take control.
0: Uh, but the end result's the same in, in the in this way that in this aspect though, wouldn't would you wouldn't you say?
2: Why are they robots um, that are supposed no. to kill us all? No, it's...
0: as in more like taking over society and
1: No. Nothing like that at all. Um, you're see, you're firmly rooted in the Hollywood perception of a robot future, whereas I'm in the the more positive frame of mind, similar to what they have with Japanese culture and most other countries, where they can be our friends and work with us and help us and improve life. So, yeah, like, um, the, the key person in my article. Which is about the um, Japanese, is which is about a Japanese roboticist predicting rise of the machines. The it's talking about um, Hiroshi Ishiguro and his prediction of achieving a future similar to like what we had in Blade Runner with Harrison Ford, but not necessarily where we go around having to kill them. Probably more like um, Ghost in the Shell or Appleseed, where robots are working alongside us and helping us to have a better life. So, yeah, this is the same guy who created a robot, which was um, based on his daughter. And it was very, like, that when he first unveiled it, the movements were very jerky and upset his daughter. And she cried and got up and was up angry at him. He's fine-tuned all the movements on that, and, yeah. So he's also got a robot that he's made based on himself, which looks exactly like him, and he actually sends that away to meetings and so forth. Uh, so he's actually created a latex face and everything on there, and it looks exactly like him. It's got this, It's actually got some of his own hair. So, yeah.
2: So keep in mind, if you want to murder someone and get away with it, this is where you get a copy of this guy's face.
0: <laughs> Best well, way to frames. No, no, no.
1: Um, see, he's actually, because Elon Musk is always getting upset, saying, oh, we can't, We have to make sure that ro- robots and all that aren't being used to become weapons and warfare and all that sort of stuff because they can become mass terror implementation targeting innocent people. Whereas Ishiguro is pretty confident Uh, there's no inherent danger of machines becoming self-aware and let's face it even if they become smarter than us that's not necessarily going to be a bad thing because we need some smarter people in the world at the moment
0: but here's the thing though like elon musk is not the only person to say that oh we might get an ai takeover and such even stephen hawking advocated
2: for it as well was stephen hawking advocating for the ai takeover or was he warning about it
0: yeah, he was advocating research into precautionary measures to ensure future.
2: So he wasn't advocating for the AI takeover.
0: No, as in against the AI takeover. Sorry, I, sorry, I should have worded that right.
2: Yes, yeah, uh, up.
1: Look, honestly, um, at the end of the day, no matter like we, we we're going to have a lot of potential issues, but re- the reality is that AI is not necessarily an evil thing. In and of itself, um, and as long as we approach it properly, it's not—it's not, it's not going to turn around and go out and annihilate us. And it's—it's it's interesting. The people who chase this idea the most are the Americans, the, and they seem to have more gun control violence and mass shootings than anyone else in the on the planet. And the Japanese have this entirely different attitude and. I've got to say, even the, the Chinese and the Russians are similar with their, their robotics research. Everyone else has got a positive attitude to what can be achieved. It's only the Americans that seem to be pursuing this negativity.
2: Does it surprise you, though?
1: Well, America used to be the one that was always trying to lead technology into the next level, and now it seems to be like they're just becoming scared. Of what what can what can happen like yeah the potential the potential for good is far outweighing the potential for bad really
2: absolutely I for one welcome our robot overlords
1: <laughs> I do too like, see, like if they took over the planet like global warming would become a thing of the past
2: I'm pretty sure robots could do everything better than us we haven't exactly got the best track record.
0: But that's uh, but that's sort of like uh, look at the bright side of things while being fear of the unknown. It's kind of a it's kind of like a lax attitude though in terms of you we, never, we, we may not know what the future is going to become, but we got to prepare, we gotta be prepared for this for an outcome like this.
2: You know why I'm not worried because the level of technology you need to simulate an AI that could turn on humanity is so much higher than anything we actually have. And if there was anything even close to that, scientists would have a kill switch. You don't just make something like that and let it go free.
0: Remember the time then someone actually, when um, AI tried to do that once, and scientists pa- and computer scientists panicked, and then they That's shut. That's
2: whole way overblown story.
0: Okay, what was the story then?
1: Well, there's well, there's actually a few that I think you're alluding to, where they were two AI units were talking to each other and developing their own language. Um, it was more a matter of... Exp- and the, when that was analysed, it was found that they were exploring various methods of communication just the same as children do.
2: Yeah, I'm disappointed that one didn't go anywhere. It could have been, like, just from a uh, communication perspective, that could have been a really interesting study to follow.
1: Yeah, like, there were two isolated AIs that weren't able to... Take over the world, and it was just it was killed out of fear because they didn't understand what it was doing and they couldn't
2: control it.
0: One of them was actually the uh Facebook chat robots, if my memory serves me right.
2: Chat was... Ro- it was Microsoft's, but ah. chat robots are so ridiculously overblown too. Chat robots learn from what you tell them. The only reason Microsoft had to shut theirs down was because 4chan got onto it and started teaching it to hate Jews. <laughs>
1: But it was also um, Tesla was doing some research into AI. Um, that was the one I was talking about, and they got and they weren't able to control it, so they didn't understand what was happening. So they just crushed it. Where later analysis revealed it was just an ex- exploration of various communication systems. Where they, if it was a person, some of the thing, the behaviours would. Be categorized as non-verbal communication, so physical manifestations such as hand gestures, facial expressions, that sort of thing. So, and shutting yeah, down yeah, that project. It's kind of, it's kind of hard for a, a computer that doesn't have a face and hands to pursue the idea of gest- gesticulating and that sort of stuff. And yet, in the all the language and everything I, that has been inputted and all the communication systems when it was observing people people were using their hands to just to make gestures and so forth and facial expressions so it was trying to identify a manner that it could do that with another ai
2: and i want to see robots do that because we can learn so much from the way uh, an ai learns how to do things
0: remember mm-hmm. the a really oh. different
2: paradigm than anything a human does so we don't know what we can get out of it, but it's got to be worth trying.
0: Remember the, um, there, was a com- there was a comical incident with a robot that uh, accidentally said, destroy all
2: humans? Yeah, that was probably just the programmers having fun. Yeah. I mean, like I said, they learn from watching people. So <coughs> if the people around it are making that sort of joke, the computer will pick up on that and respond, which is basically exactly how kids learn.
1: Yeah, just, that's called mirroring. Yeah. Yeah, from a psychological point of view. So, yeah, like, it's just, yeah, like, the, the potential that is there is absolutely phenomenal. And, like, let's face it, stockbrokers around the world are already deploying AI bots to forecast stock market trends, etc. So science fiction is becoming science fact.
2: The vast majority of the stock market is just computers talking to each other.
1: Yeah, like pe- people. You have people sitting there in offices on Wall Street making heaps of money. Most of them are just not really doing anything except talking to you to get you to put your money with them. It's all a computer program that does all the work in the background because it's reached a stage where I can't even remember what what's the is it not? It's more than nanoseconds now. It's like so, it's, yeah,
2: picoseconds. It's seconds. ridiculous so fast that they go and. Like, they will buy the building next door to Wall Street for millions of dollars so that they can cut that tiny little fraction of a second off the uh, time for their signal to get through.
1: Like, there's there's literally, like, so much information going through in one second for trading that a human isn't involved with, but they claim the credit for it. So, yeah, I'm sorry, but AI can already destroy the world by destroying... The economies of the planet quite easily but they're not doing it
2: and that wouldn't even be a malicious thing if the ai had a bug and decided let's wipe out the economy it's not like the robot came to life and was like screw you humans it just did yeah. it we're still so far from the level of having a robot that can see humans and decide i hate humans <clears> and get it done then any of these articles really Seem to want to admit.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing: you can already do that with um, thanks to hackers and stuff. They want like one That's change a
2: of... hackers like, are human.
0: Hackers They're are human. Hackers are human. I agree, but
2: and you've
1: actually got AI bots there that are employed as security to protect it. Were you aware of that?
0: That I'm not. Uh, that I'm not aware of. But yeah, they
2: have, um, uh, wait, wait. They they have had computers let... trained to recognise abnormal activity and respond to it.
0: But there can be things like Trojan viruses and whatnot. I mean,
1: yeah, but it's, it's- a, they they are det- they are, they have AI bots that are constantly being updated on the the latest um, viral trends that are watching all this sort of stuff. Um, your bank account is protected by AI bots. If you have a certain pattern of shopping, and all of a sudden there's an anomaly where apparently. You've been shopping every day in Brisbane for a week, but in the middle of that, there's also a purchase made on the other side of the world. It raises questions or even, and you will get a phone call from your bank about it. Like I've I've actually had it where I had been working at one particular place for a long time and I had the day off and I took a trip and I was down the central coast in New South Wales and I used my ATM card and I was walking away from the ATM and I got a phone call from my bank saying, hey, just want to confirm, was did you just use your card because it's just come up as having been used in an unusual manner? And I said, yeah, I'm actually at such and such location. They said, okay, cool, thank you. That is an AI bot, artificial intelligence saving the day. So...
2: Stop being a chicken, DJ. Embrace the robots.
1: (laughs) Your favorite DJ. Your favorite takeaways. Use AI.
0: What I'm trying to say is, yeah, okay, AI can be great and all, but I just want some assurances and some rules. There has to be rules set.
1: There
2: are
0: okay, such as programmers
2: set the rules.
0: Okay, and are these rules in line with, like, let's say, Asimov's um, three, three rules of robotics?
2: Well,
1: yeah, pretty much, because most of the programmers at that level are some of the most epic and respectable nerds you will ever find, and they have gotten into robotics because of the works of people such as Asimov and Ghost in the Shell, that sort of thing. So, yeah, there will be, there are rules there. And here's the thing, though. There's rules that humans are supposed to abide by, but they don't, so what... Are you going to jump up and down and say, we need to get rid of
2: all the people now because they're not obeying the rules? We need computer police. Instead of having sirens, they just travel going, beep,
0: boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. We do have the computer police called
2: Twitter. Twitter isn't the computer No, they're called trolls. (laughs) They're
1: trolls, not police. Trolls used to live under bridges and attack unwary travellers. Now they live on the internet as... Keyboard tough guys,
0: but uh, jokes aside, though, in terms of the th- computer police and stuff, you got like countries like China, and chi- um, China actually, the best example I can think of now, um, where they monitor where they just police it, e- police everything.
2: Have you never heard of Carnivore, Prism, Five Eyes, as in like VPNs and stuff? No, computers have been watching everything you do for decades. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
0: like, um, like, have, I know, you, have
2: I- you heard about Edward Snowden?
0: Yeah, yeah, I I I know I know like those programs like um I know ASIO operates a program called Back Orifice or something. Yeah, Back- pardon. Azio has a um, hacking program called Back Orifice. It's
2: only dirty if you make it dirty.
0: So yeah, ASIO does that um, program as well.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. All governments do. Yeah,
0: but my point I was I was trying to make about the um, in terms of hackers and stuff. Okay, let's okay. That's, okay. I agree. I accept the fact that, yeah, there are AIs, AIs watching a um, person's activity in one. I get that. But let's just say, like, let's put a hypothetical situation. You've got a very skilled programmer who can, who can stealthfully hide uh, in malicious code through Trojan software that can easily slip past an, a, an AI. And well, it it's could...
1: not easily slipping past because you're, you're painting, painting this guy out to be almost god level.
2: You wanna know the weak link in every computer system? People. It's not the computer, it's the people. People are dumb. You know how Stuxnet got onto the Iranian uh centrifuge? People.
0: Oh, okay. You know I how don't... the
1: internet you know how the internet became a public thing? People. Yeah. It was the DARPANET originally and it was just people doing the wrong thing and, and it it just exploded from there and we've got what we've got today. Being scared of technology and what might happen is similar to what happened in the dark ages when people like Galileo was saying, the sun doesn't revolve around the earth. The earth revolves around the sun. And he was persecuted by the church for being a heretic. The other well, people who did similar stuff were um, the Nazis where they were burning books. If your ideas don't match what we want, we, it's not allowed. The pursuit of knowledge and achievement is what science is about. Yeah, sometimes they do things a little bit stupid and we end up with an atomic bomb being dropped on a city, but the potential that was being pursued in atomic research was for powering cities, not for creating bombs.
2: Yes, it's just unfortunate that one is uh, linked to the other.
1: And the, the one factor there that, is always to blame isn't the technology itself it's people Computer so you're talking about a hacker taking over a robot over an Android or AI system whatever it's still a person that's doing the malicious damage it's not the AI on its own
0: okay but like I said I'm just pointing out the pos there are there are always possibilities like these like and I know maybe okay sure if you could eliminate the human element into it but still. A virus is a eliminate virus. Eliminate the though. humans?
2: Be right back, getting my nukes.
0: <laughs> but you can, okay, eliminate the human factor you, may, you you must. Okay, sure. But the fact is, though, a virus can still be, a virus is still a virus. Like, even if you take out the human, the virus is still human has be, to make it. A hum, okay, a human has to make it and stuff, yes, but the computer and technology um, op- is still operating at, uh, at the other yeah. end. That, means- that, that
2: doesn't make the computer bad. And it keeps people like me in a job because people like me have to clean it up when people get viruses.
1: A computer it, on on its own is an inanimate object. When it has a virus, it's someone's written code to create a malicious c- content. A bug, which is what I think you might be thinking about, is different to a virus.
2: Yeah, it's like uh, the 737 Max where there's uh, an unfortunate... Unfortunately, they didn't do enough testing on the new software, and it turns out hundreds of people have died because of that. That's not the computer being evil. That's Boeing, the people, cutting corners.
1: And there's lots of cases that can be pointed to in history where that's happened. Um, thalidomide is supposed to help remove um, morning sickness. sickness for yeah. pregnant ladies. Unfortunately, it also caused um, mutations Perfect. in the fetus. So, yeah... Um, Someone cut corners and, hey, we've got I think it was two or three generations of children before they figured out that it's actually a bad thing. So, yeah.
0: By the way, um, you were saying crashes, Professor. Which one are you talking about, the 610 or the 302?
2: Which one, sorry?
0: For the Boeing 737 MAX, which crash were you talking Both about? Both of them. Okay,
2: yeah. They're both because Boeing changed the shape of the plane, didn't retrain the pilots, and then had unexpected behaviour in the software that they obviously didn't tell the pilots about because they didn't bother testing to find out. That's what happens when you overload the computer in a particular way. Yeah. And the, uh, so the planes crashed and people died. The yeah. computer didn't decide, screw this, lot, I'm going to go crash.
1: Yeah. yeah. The um, only time that's actually happened was the pilot who decided to commit suicide while flying a plane it into the side of a mountain. No, he actually had, had to disable all the AI support controls that are in place to create safety barriers to prevent the crash. So in and of itself, AI isn't evil. The potential of it taking over, um, honestly, we're not really doing that much of a fantastic job that we should be complaining about someone taking over and replacing us. We need to pick our own game up.
0: Yeah. Uh. By the way, Buck, that um, scenario you were talking about—that was a different scenario to 737.
1: Yeah, I know. But I'm. Just, you're, you're saying about that crash. I'm saying the only time that planes have been intentionally crashed. Yeah. It's been people again. Yeah. Like it's not the AIs, and they actually had to disable all the um, AI controls that were in place and then crash it. So. He actually had to lock out his co-pilot, I think it was. He had to lock off all the um, warning alarms and everything like that and, the, and disable the automatic flight control to be able to crash it. There are yeah. so many systems that he had to go through and disable and that technically they're all classified as AI.
2: Yeah.
1: So AI is actually trying to save us from ourselves.
2: AI is just a tool. We're nowhere near the point where AI can make its own decisions. It all comes back to what the humans did to the AI.
1: Mm-hmm. So if we have an android running around on AI and it turns around and punches someone in the face, the person's got to have done something to it.
2: Yes, maybe showing a Jackie Chan wasn't the best way to teach it social cu- customs.
1: <laughs>
2: you know what's going
0: to be funny, though? You Imagine this article. I bet you you're going to see a lot of doomsday preppers going... I, I trust it. I you already do. Him.
1: You're doing that yourself. Do you do you have a bug out bag ready to go?
0: I don't ha- I don't even have a bunker.
1: you ah. you're, a, you're a doomsday prepper.
0: Pun uh professor. He was-
2: I've got a shovel.
1: <laughs> uh, you were saying buck? Oh, I was just gonna say, I'm not a doomsday prepper, but yeah, I've got a I've got a bug out plan. <laughs> hey, working on logistics, I know where there's lots and lots of food and supplies. So yeah, just think about that next time, you If something happens, I'm the guy you
2: want on your side because I know where all the food is. So you better stop pissing them off.
0: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Anyways, uh, moving along. Professor, you've got a story about the case of Steam versus France.
2: And Steam versus China. Ah. I've got so a couple it's... of uh, articles this week. The first one is about Steam creating a Chinese uh, client. So it's come out in the last couple of months that um, Steam has decided they're going to make a Chinese client that will be localized in China and suit China's requirements, which has issues because Steam at the moment isn't particularly well curated. And there's a lot of stuff on there that China probably don't want people playing. But that's a, uh, a problem for them to deal with, I guess. I would like to see uh, if they're going to do this. I I hope that when they release Steam China, they can add in local servers because not that there's anything wrong with Chinese people playing games, but a lot of the time Chinese hackers come from China, they have better PCs. (laughs) I was just going to say, they're not hackers. They've just got better equipment. Yes, they can run more plugins.
0: Uh, <laughs> and play PUBG with ease.
2: Yep. So anyway, the, um, I brought that up, even though the articles are month old, because I wanted to tie it into the other article I found, where the uh, French government has, well, the French court has ruled out 10 clauses of the Steam User Agreement, which will require steam to allow you to resell games if they want to keep operating in france which reminds me of uh, a few years back when steam had to allow refunds because the australian courts decided that if they wanted to sell in australia they needed to follow australian law hmm. so as it's not just china who's uh, forcing them to make changes to meet their uh, requirements but this could be a good one i mean Consumer rights rulings are almost always positive.
0: This I will say this to start off. This hasn't been a good year for Steam in, in its ent- for the last nine months. Why not? I mean, you've got Epic Games just um,
2: hasn't been a good year for Epic Games.
0: But they have been. But they've been cashing in a lot of. They've been buying in a lot of big big name games to be Epic exclusive, and yeah, Steam has been missing out a, a
1: lot. Well, that's a lot of outlay from epic so have they actually seen the financial returns that they need to to offset that balance
2: yeah at the moment they've got all the uh fortnite money which is what they're using to buy exclusives and the big question is going to be whether they can actually afford to keep doing this for much longer yeah that's what i'm saying like they've, they've,
1: they've extended out this massive outlay to get all the exclusives but are they going to be able to maintain those i know they got enough of a market share whereas yes. valves built steam up and got a massive global footprint and epic's coming to try and copy that but they, they put themselves all the way up to the wall financially and this time next year we might be talking about the fact that epic have gone into receivership and been bought out by Steam.
2: Yeah, but it wouldn't be the first time an online game store is shut down. And mm-hmm. you guys saw the article I brought up a couple of weeks ago where they were spending millions of dollars on uh, on games to be exclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're basically spending, in some cases I'm sure, have spent more money than the game has actually brought in just to be able to put the exclusive stamp on it.
0: Yeah, was it like one game spent like $10 million or something?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's... Uh, millions of dollars going to these game developers, which, which if isn't I necessarily bad. a bucks to put my game on Epic, I can't say I wouldn't take it. I like money and being able to eat. But uh, um,
1: After the after this show, we're actually going to have a discussion about a couple of game ideas to sell to Epic.
2: <laughs> yes, Epic, you know where to find us. We're happy so, to talk
1: about you in a positive manner. We're, we're available for sponsorship.
0: <laughs> so... Yeah, okay, but back to this. Back back to this point, though. So, this is going to affect Steam in a big way, or in a in a big way.
2: A big way. When um when refunds became a thing, it changed Steam around the world. They oh. now have refunds in almost every region, possibly all of them. The um so I wouldn't be surprised if this carries over worldwide.
1: Well, see, that's the thing. At the moment, Steam, well, Valve can actually appeal this decision.
2: Yeah, they can still appeal.
1: And if they don't, they just face fines of €540,000.
2: And have to put a, uh, a label on their website saying, we've been uh, given a judgment by the French court, and we have to say sorry.
1: Yeah, so it comes down to a simple matter of, they just say, well, we're not in France. We're an online server. If your people want to buy from us, we're not beholden to French laws. If you want to have us not operate there, that's fine. We're on the web. People are still going to find us.
2: Yeah, Steam, like we said, Steam still has massive market share. So I don't know how big the games market in France is, but if they only lost France of the entire world, they go from making boatloads of money to making slightly fewer boatloads of money.
1: And even then, they're probably you'll have people that will still bypass, like they'll bypass the French blocks like you got people with yeah. vpns and tools and all that sort of stuff and
2: well funny enough the uh, are chinese article um the china article mentions that the second most popular language on steam is chinese yeah so they're definitely doing something to get around the block so
1: the the biggest piece of advertising that steam can get is by thumbing their nose at france and saying well okay um we're not beholden to your laws. We sell from here, so therefore your laws don't actually touch us. So, put a finger under their nose and just blow a big raspberry at them and just say, yep, see see you later, fella.
2: Yes, it is an option. Luckily, they didn't take that path when the uh, ACCC went after them. So, we'll see what happens.
1: Because This is similar to um, Google, with their antitrust law stuff. In Europe, where they've actually been taken to court and fined a few times. As far as I know, they still haven't actually paid the fines.
2: Yes, that's the other thing. This case has been ongoing since 2015 and Valve can still appeal. So it's not final yet.
1: We we could get to 2030 before this is finalised. And let's face it, Steam's probably got more money to fight this than the French government does. Uh,
0: Guys, uh, this is from last year, but the games market in France, here's some interesting facts for you. It's the world's 7th largest games market. Uh, 32.8 million players in France spend about $3.1 billion.
2: Okay, and Okay, think- obviously not all of that goes to Valve because mm-hmm. Valve only takes that 30% cut on games that are sold on Steam. So whatever the mm-hmm. French EB games is, that's cutting into Valve's profits. So if Valve decides it's not worth the effort, they'll just leave France.
1: And you've also got the fact that a lot a lot of the people are just gonna they're not gonna worry about the government's really they're gonna want to get the games that are on steam, so they're just gonna keep going there anyway so I think valve some of their stuff's pretty pretty harsh in how they do things, but by telling people to not resell games, which in some ways i actually i don't have a problem with to be honest because like we are talking the other I think a month or two ago about um people buying stuff online with um, pirated credit cards and then reselling over over the systems. This is just Valve's way of trying to stop that sort of thing from happening.
0: Yeah, remember the G2A um, fiasco that happened a couple of
2: weeks back? that's exactly what we were talking about. Yeah.
1: So technically, I don't actually have a... I, I can't really see the problem with it. Like, Valve are trying to prevent it. And here we have the French government saying, oh, no, you can't do that. So. Yeah, like, do, do we need to investigate the people from the French Consumer Association, UFC que Corsair, for their involvement in fraudulent activities? <laughs> I think I might have just made a friend with um, Valve. We might get sponsorship out of this discussion already.
2: Okay, please.
1: Like, yeah. Like, if you want to, if like, if I was in Valve and I was and I heard that, I'd be gone hmm, let's get our investigators to go and investigate these guys, which, let's face it, they probably already have, and yeah. find anything fishy that they we can have being brought to light to discredit them and destroy it.
2: Yeah, part of the appeals process will probably be uh, making sure that the French government are being fair on this.
1: And let's, let's face it, like, Valve, what's their annual profit margin at the moment? You're saying France spends three point one billion dollars. Like, they they've got to be making a couple of billion dollars internationally a year. They could they could literally hire an entire army of lawyers to walk into the court.
2: Just like you imagine that? And Google whenever they get in trouble.
1: Could you imagine that an entire battalion of ten thousand lawyers turning up to court to represent them?
2: <laughs> but they've all got to be dressed like Phoenix Wright. <laughs> uh,
1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be
2: wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Whatever
1: they want, like, you you know what I mean? You can have every single one of them dealing with a single issue and the court would have to face it. You 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 want to squash a situation in court? You bury it in paperwork. Valve has got the money to do that if they want to be nasty.
0: And they can appeal, like appeal and appeal and appeal and appeal.
1: Well, no, no, you limit it on the number of appeals you can take. It gets to a certain point where there's no further appeals. But you can back, you can backdraft or you or not backdraft. You can um, clog the system up with so many motions on every single point that you literally drown the entire system in paperwork, and you bring it to a screeching halt. You could like, you could if you were in If you were a company like Valve, you could hire, as I said, 10,000 lawyers to go through and present 10,000 different motions to the courts. you know how much time that would take up? They would literally, like, the French legal system would just come to a screeching halt. They wouldn't be able to cope with it.
0: Yeah. You reckon this will affect game developers creating games, like, not only in France, but also worldwide?
2: Well, it will depend on how it's implemented. So assuming they ban, it, they allow resale of games in France or it worldwide, do the developers get a cut of whatever the game sells for secondhand, which case is a better situation than we have now? Because if I go to EB Games and buy a secondhand game, the developer makes no money off me.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that this situation, the way they're saying it, no, the developers not getting any further money.
2: Yes, which is a little disappointing, but not really surprised there.
0: Yeah, it's it's gonna be, it's tough now. Like, I, I mean, I think this is this is also the other reason why a lot of people are moving from Valve to Epic in a sense because they don't want to be tied down no. to all these like legal red tape.
1: But they're
2: not. That's not gonna last. Epic's gonna get sued for not allowing refunds or being anti-consumer eventually, and yeah. then it's all gonna come crashing down. So it can't run forever. That's
1: true. As we were just saying, like Epic are so overextended by trying to get all these exclusive games, there's going to come a point where something they do will trigger an antitrust or anti-competitive law and they'll be taken to court and they'll get fines. And that could be the end of Epic. Yeah. So all those exclusive games that you've gone and bought your licenses for with Epic, they will vanish. So, yeah, I think you got people that are playing on Epic, they're playing on Steam and everything like that. The market's big enough. It's just yeah, it's the same with um when like we we first had Netflix as an online streaming service and then it we had others coming out with um Amazon Prime and Hulu and all that sort of stuff. And the, the, there's been a big shake up in the market. It's just the same now with this. And you're always going to have people that are pushing and saying, Oh, we can't we can't do this, we can't do that. My my response for reselling the games is you're not allowed to resell content that you get from online streaming services such as Netflix, are you? That's called piracy.
2: Yeah, that's the uh the legal trick there. Because it's a, a license, you can't like they can make rules about reselling your license. Whereas if you're going to sell a DVD, no one can tell that you're doing it.
1: Yeah. So that's this is essentially the the French government trying to say piracy is allowed. Yeah,
0: that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun marketing spin.
2: Yeah, we'll Well, have to see what Valve's response is and find out how they plan to implement the changes.
1: And Valve, if you're listening, I'm I'm up for a job. If you (laughs) if you want to hire me.
2: No, don't. The lifts like to kidnap people. <laughs> the lifts valve like to kidnap people.
1: That's fine, I'll just work remotely from home. All they need me to do is come up with nasty ideas on how to destroy the French government. Who I already don't like because they bombed the Greenpeace Warrior, Rainbow Warrior in the um New Zealand port.
2: Yeah, that's so- pretty crazy stuff.
0: Yeah, I thought that was Japanese.
1: No, um Rainbow Warrior was sunk in was it Auckland Harbor?
2: I think so. By... French Special Force, Forces.
1: Yeah, because yeah. Greenpeace was planning to go and protest French nuclear weapons testing.
2: Yeah, yeah I think they was... killed someone, didn't they?
1: Yeah, there were a few people on board. And to this date, the French government will not hand over those people.
2: So they, they kept the bodies?
1: No, no, no. The bodies were, were oh. found. You but mean the, the, uh, um, the operatives that went and did the yeah. bombing? They've been identified and they're Fr- hiding in French territories. Like seriously, if these guys ever set foot in New Zealand and the, the Kiwis find out about it, I'd love to see the response. Shreds, <laughs> yeah, sure you say?
0: It, you wonder the funny thing about this? The guy um, that died—he's not funny. It's, he's, he died. That's sad. <sighs> but he was a D- DGSE agent.
1: That was one of them. That was one of the operatives. But there were others that died hey, there as well.
2: So they own gold. Yes. Jeez, France. Hey,
1: <laughs> um very anti-French joke here, but uh, that will get in trouble for, but you know why the French have a white section in the centre of their flag? So they've all, always got something to surrender with.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and why French tanks are the only ones with reversing mirrors?
1: Yeah, well, mirrors so they can see when they're reversing. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, very very British joke there, sorry about that.
0: Uh, so, for, for uh... Before we make any more French jokes, um, so finally for um for our last topic uh I've got a very interesting show to tell you guys about
1: please do tell us about it
0: oh, thank you uh so while so while many people were enjoying the Emmys which were which was broadcasted early in the week and uh, I didn't watch it though I was kind I was not surprised with the award winners, I went and saw Godzilla, the anime trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which comprised of Godzilla, Planet of the Monsters, Godzilla: Sea on the Edge of Battle, and Godzilla: The Planet Eater. Now, these these three are all um, to commemorate the thirtieth the, uh, 30th, thirtieth 30th Godzilla films uh, by Toho Animation, and they're pretty good, I will say. They are pretty good to watch, although um, the animation style in, this, in in all three of it it's CGI animation and. From in anime circles, a lot of people are split on this type on this style of animation. Like, it's not real, it's not 2D, but it's not 3D ish. So, you go if you watch it, you gotta, yeah, you gotta take it with a grain of salt on this one. But, yeah, this entire um, but the story for this is basically you follow the story of Hiroki, oh no, Hiroki, sorry, um, Haruho's, um, Sakaki. That's one Haruhu Sakaki. And he and this is he has a deep-seated grudge for Godzilla. And in the first film, he basically uh he's basically found a way to uh destroy Godzilla per se. But he does it in a very, very sneaky manner, kinda like Julian Assange way, in terms of I've anonymously th- did this and yeah. I'm not gonna spoil much, but um, but basically humanity is um flown away because of God flown away to space because of Godzilla and um with the help of two other races while Godzilla was around um called the Exe and Bilusaldo, they uh they managed to survive and yeah, it's it's a crazy story. The characters um the, the characters um bat- battles for um in dealing with Godzilla and, and, and their own sanity is um uh, i eye watching per se. Mm-hmm. I've oh, actually
1: yeah. watched um, some of the first one. Um, was it Planet of Monsters? Yeah, yeah. And I have to say, this is actually pretty. I, I enjoy that. What I've seen so far. So yeah. Yeah,
0: but uh, the actually, I will actually. I do, do you want me to spoil it? For, spoil the premise.
1: It's been around for a few years, so I don't think you'd be spoiling.
0: Uh, okay. Yeah. For is, the first yeah. movie. Yeah. The first movie yeah, was around two years now. Wow. He,
1: he's got a grudge because Godzilla killed his mum and dad.
0: Yeah. And before they left the planet, they, they sought the help of um, two races. One is the Exif and Bilisado. The Exif are a re- bunch of religious cultists. And Bilisado, they're um, technologically advanced. And in the ship they've flown, flown um, out of the Ara, Aratrum, it is um they live in they they co- coexisted harmoniously and Haruho Sakaki as uh, uh, oh actually before I say Haruho, um they fa- they found a, a habited planet planet to um live called the Tau E but it doesn't work that plan doesn't work so Haruho Sakaki has um stated that the best way we can um we can survive is go back to Earth only to find that Earth has while they have been away in space for twenty years. Earth has um, been around for 20,000 years. Because
1: mm, they're and, using, with the, the space flight system. Yeah. When they decide to return, they're what, 11.9 um, light years away? Yeah. And so, yeah, when they get back, it's, was it 20,000 or 10,000?
2: 20,000. So they must be travelling at a pretty significant fraction of light speed.
1: Yeah. And when they, when they jump back, it's... Um, they create a, a wormhole to travel almost instantaneously. So, yeah. Yeah. The bit I saw, I thought they said 10,000, but yeah.
0: But in the first movie, it's... <laughs> so her, so Sakaki's plan of destroying Godzilla is basically, okay, we're going to put in a harpoon and shock it with um, electricity from the ins- to the inside.
1: Mm-hmm. But isn't it also he wants to do an electromagnetic pulse? Yeah. Which will disable... Godzilla's special um, force field to pre- that he uses to protect himself.
0: They want to destroy the organ, yeah. They
1: so just... this is, like, I, I was looking through the article you've you sent it. we got here on the, um, it's, it. There's similarities to Code Geass and Terror and Resonance and some of those. I'm actually, I, I'm liking the, um, everything I've seen on this so far, I'm enjoying
0: what did you thought of the mon- The interesting part with this, uh, if I want to go technical, this one, my the interesting part with this movie was the uh, monster designs. Like Godzilla doesn't look like the Godzilla we all knew and loved kind of thing. This one looks like from a three D animation. It just looks like
2: a gigantic blob.
1: Um, I haven't actually gotten to that part yet. I've only seen part of the movie. Um well, but
2: yeah, you, you got and spoiled it for him. Well, <laughs>
1: I did see some of Godzilla in there, but that was only a shadow and. It's very much the traditional Godzilla from the Japanese animations, the old black and white movies from back in the day. So yeah, it it, it reminds me very much of uh, Godzilla versus Mothra and Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla back when they had guys in foam rubber suits jumping <laughs> around to do the fighting. Nice. And yeah, looking at the images, it's it's paying homage to that. Yeah, which is let's face it, that was when sci-fi movies were great. You go get some of the old black and white Japanese creature features, such as Godzilla versus Mothra. They they they're absolutely awesome.
0: Yeah, Um, I well actually I don't want to spoil the last two since you guys haven't seen it yet. But with the first Godzilla, the other funny part with um, that one is how. He, not, he doesn't only. Um. He doesn't only has to deal with the fact that. Oh. Um. The higher ups in, in the spaceship are against him. It's also uh, some of the exe Well, actually, no. Some of the Basildo also hate him. The only people that support him are the religious people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when when you as you progress throughout the movie, it, 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 um, there, there's something very was that there's something sinister with the uh, the religious mob.
2: Well, budget. that's just spoiled it for me. No, <laughs> the religious mob were bad. I don't get to have the excitement of finding that out for myself. But are
1: they actually bad?
2: That's the uh, that's the Blood thing. twist. To... <laughs> yep. Yeah.
1: Because in... some of the things, some of the things they're doing, is it actually bad? Because if they they actually helped um, Sasaki or Sasaki or Sakaki
0: Haruho, it's a Haruho or um, Sakaki.
1: Um, they actually helped him to do the manipulation that has seen the ship return to earth after the 20 years. And the reality is if they didn't, they didn't actually have that long to survive anyway. They would have been dead within a number, only a number of years. They were already killing people off such as um, Sasaki um, grandparents. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Haruho's, um story in this, in this entire trilogy, it's, uh, you can say it's a tragedy. It's so pretty dark. Yeah. It's a, very tragic story in in the end, but
1: it's a very yeah. Japanese tragedy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh man, but I I will, I would love to watch it again. Like it'd be fun if us three can would go on a movie marathon just watch this again. Sounds like fun. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Anyways, um, so moving along, uh, Buck, what have you been playing?
1: I've been playing a game called New Frontier, ooh, which is a bit of a sandbox um game where you are running around in the old west and you do different missions for people to get resources and so forth Where you can craft things or you can get cash um you run around and yeah you go through in the the wild west you have your pistol and you can shoot other people you can build yourself a house um it has a function where you can actually team up with before other people and you go out and operate as a crime gang and or you can go as a posse and chase down other people
2: so um, it's just like mmo or single player
1: mmo it's a full mmo rpg um as you progress through the game you get to unlock different um weapons um different outfits you have a horse that you can ride around um you can mine gold, you can do all sorts of things. Sounds like fun. What's your biggest?
0: What, what's the biggest flaw you've encountered?
1: Um oh well at the moment I think this is still in the beta phase sort of testing for some of it. But um yeah it's just there's not, not as many people on there playing at the moment as what I'd like. Like I've seen um the houses been that have been built by a few people. So but um yeah, you run around the townships and there's a few people, but you, when you're running around the countryside, it's basically empty, which in a way is not bad because you're not getting shot at it every five seconds. But, um, yeah, it's a, in, in some ways it's a little bit like um, Fallout 76 where there's nobody else. And... <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: but, does, i good question, a question, I got a question for you. does you. Does New Frontier give you a, a canvas bag?
1: No, but you also don't have to pay for it.
2: <laughs> well, what it, if I want my a... hat that goes mouldy?
1: <laughs> but um, all up though, like, the, like this game, I can see a lot of potential. Where yeah, you, you you get to go and build yourself a house. Like there's one one place on Pass where someone's built themselves a pretty epic um, homestead, which was I think it was two stories with an attic, and they had a stable on the side as well. So, yeah, like I, I haven't gotten to the part where I'm building my own house yet, but, yeah, I, I have to say running, running around um, the, the town and running around the countryside, getting on the horse and going for a ride. Um, the mechanics for going up and down hills has been pretty good. The, uh, yeah, it's been running pretty flawlessly so far from what I've seen. So.
0: so how many Nerdy Beanies would you give this out of?
1: Out of five, I'd give it four.
0: Four out of five, eh? Nice, nice. All right, Professor, what have you been playing?
2: I've been playing Creeper World 2 Anniversary Edition.
0: Oh, nice. Very nice.
2: It's very similar to Creeper World 1. It's got basically the same basic mechanics, and it has basically all the content that ends up in the series by the time of Creeper World 3. But Creeper World 1 and 3, and 4, which is still in development, all have your standard sort of top-down rts view creeper world 2 has a side scrolling sort of view so instead of fighting creeper on the surface of the planet you're tunneling into the planet to fight it
1: huh is this saying that the blue goo is attacking gaia
2: no there's uh that's not what's going on it just happens to be that the developer decides to do something different i think
1: okay so they're not copying final
2: fantasy (laughs) no
0: (laughs) Uh, what's your biggest flaw in this in in this sequel?
2: Uh it's not long enough. But then they basically got infinite replayability because there's a map generator that you put in a seed that gives you a map and a huge community for these games who made custom maps. So
1: do you actually get? I was just looking at some of the um, play footage, and there's what appears to be like a UFO floating above yeah. the surface. Is that That's yours? That's your
2: home base. If it awesome. gets blown up, you die. Death from above. Yeah, but fortunately it has no guns, but uh you just deploy a couple of guns and carry them along with you.
1: Oh, I thought it was shooting.
2: No, it's uh, RTS style. So you can move your uh, your turrets around. Okay. And if for some reason you decided you wanted to take your uh, command ship through the whole game, like down into the caves, you probably could.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, so how many nerdy beanies
2: would you give this out of? Uh, what did I give the last one?
1: Um I think it was Eight out of 10.
2: Yeah, I'd give this one an eight as well. So, eight out of 10. So, yeah. I think, uh, like, I've been uh, blowing through all of the games recently, and I think uh, I would burn out on it if, uh, like, I say it's not long enough, but I think um, if it was just three games of the same thing, I would kind of burn out on it. Mm. So, it's nice having this break in the middle.
0: Mm. So, Bucky, I will give your New Frontier eight out of 10 as is- well. Keep it consistent.
2: No. Uh-huh. What if we want to rate it out of Pi one day?
0: <laughs> so we got New Frontier 4 out of 5 and the-
1: You got a problem with that?
0: I'm just thinking we should have some consistency
2: Well,
1: to be fair When I did ask Professor about how many nerdy beanies I did actually say out of 5 But he just chose out of 10
2: ah. i do what I want
1: And <laughs> I respected that
0: Fair enough, fair enough I've been playing a bit of Warframe So I just finished the first boss battle, and yeah, so I'm trying to go through um some new quests, and yeah, just finally, I just realised that yeah, some of these quests you need a multiplayer aspect into
2: it. So shame you don't have any friends.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I could, I could build, I could find some and build a, build it online, but you know, there are, some, there are some barriers to that, pro- to that situation, like time differences and whatnot. So. Yeah. So cool.
1: this is where you need this is a situation where AIs would be helpful. See I gaming
0: AIs are not
1: Have
2: that you, a, a, A2, you do not want AIs on your team.
1: <laughs> yeah, but see that's you're you're looking at a limited AI. If we had a proper Android with greater understanding, and you you gotta also include at that point the potential of deep learning and the impact of that. It would actually probably play better than the dj <laughs>
2: to be fair that's not hard
0: no i don't know man i don't know
1: well the reaction time would be quicker
0: but yeah uh yeah it's the same old thing i mean i've done the battles i've now got to do some of the team situations and some of the new stuff so there are some new armors to check out that i would love to look into yeah okay but yeah, nerdy beanies. Wise, the biggest flaw I'm finding at the moment is the restriction of camera camera movement as you as you're moving. So sometimes it can. So one minute you try and look at it from above, and then, but then you can't because it's you it get some obstructions like the ship's environment and stuff. So yeah, that's my biggest problem with it. Uh, nerdy beanies. Wise, I would give it uh, three point five out of five, three and a half out of five for me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay, and now we go to our shout-outs. We've got some cool ones this week, such as, On the 21st of September 2019, Naruto manga turns 20 as it debuted on this day in 1999. Naruto was serialized in Swish's magazine Weekly Shonen Jump from 1999 to 2014 and released in Tankobon. Form in 72 volumes. Naruto is the fourth best-selling manga series in history, selling 235 million copies worldwide in 35 countries.
2: So what are the top three? Uh, I
0: think One Piece would be one of them. Uh, I would say maybe ooh, top-selling manga. Hang on a second. I know One Piece would be one of them. Yeah, here we go. One Piece, Dragon Ball, uh, Golgo 13. Those are your top
2: Okay, you got anything else to say about Naruto?
0: Um, the, the story, the the stories are pretty, um, pretty good to to read, and um, some of the character character developments you would find in that story, in, in that series are pretty good to look at.
2: Anything else?
0: Uh, it pays a lot of homage
2: to Japanese religion. So, anything else? <laughs> Turns out, Naruto running does mean you don't get shot. <laughs>
0: Nor does it does it give you access to Area Fifty One. You saw that guy. He was near river
2: running. He didn't get shot. <laughs>
0: That's enough evidence for me. Uh, okay. On the twenty third of September two thousand and two, the first public version of the Mozilla browser, Mozilla Firefox. Uh, is released, it was created by the Mozilla community members who desired a standalone browser rather than the Mozilla application suite bundle. During its beta phase, Firefox proved to be popular with its testers and was praised for its speed, security, and add-ons compared to Microsoft's then-dominant Internet Explorer 6. Firefox is the spiritual successor of Netscape Navigator as the Mozilla community was created by Netscape in 1998 before their acquisition by AOL. And on the twenty third 23rd, September two thousand nineteen, Nintendo turns one hundred thirty years old. Uh, Nintendo Kōpai, later Nintendo Company Limited, was founded by Fujishiro Yamaguchi to produce and market the playing card game Hanafuda. Uh, and one hundred thirty years later, they still uh, they're still making Smash Brothers characters.
2: You messed up, Bugs joke. I know. <laughs> I don't know who, can we... I'll tell it properly. Bugs not here. Okay, <laughs> so. The joke was... It just took them 130
1: years, years to get through oh. listing out all the
2: characters. Fuck
0: <sighs> oh, okay. is never
2: going to let that e go.
0: I know. Oh, he's no. never going <laughs> to.
2: He holds grudges. I'm
1: not, yep. a, Dis- I'm not a Disney princess. <laughs>
0: all right. So on our remembrances, on 21st of September 2019, Aaron Eisenberg... Uh, American actor who played Nog of throughout through all seven seasons of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Although the park called for him to appear under heavy makeup, he appeared without makeup as a news vendor in the episode Far Beyond the Stars. He later guest starred as a Kazon um, called Car in Initiations, an episode of Star Trek Voyager, and was a host and producer of the Star Trek-themed podcast The Seventh Rule. He died at the age of 50 in Los Angeles, California. Um, On the 21st of September 2019, Sigmund Jahn, a German cosmonaut cosmonaut and pilot who in 1978 became the first German to fly into space as part of the Soviet Union Intercosmos program. He flew on board Soyuz 31, launched 26th of August 1978, uh, to the Soviet space station Salyut 6, where he conducted experiments in remote sensing of the of the Earth, medicine, biology, material science, and geophysics. After 124 orbits, he returned to Soyuz 29 and landed on 3rd of September 1978, having spent 7 days, 20 hours, and 49 minutes in space. Because the Soviet and American programs maintained different vocabularies, he was a cosmonaut rather than an astronaut. During and after the flight, the socialist authorities of the GDR Claimed him the first German in space, emphasizing an East German victory over West Germany. Upon his return, he headed the East Germany Air Cosmonaut Training Center near Moscow until German unification in 1990, where he left the East German military with the rank of Major General. Jan was awarded the title Hero of the Soviet Union on the 3rd of September 1978. He died at the age of 8. Two in Strasbourg, Brandon. And 23rd of September, 1939, Sigmund Freud, uh, bought Sigmus Schlomo Freud, um, Austrian neurologist and founder of psychoanalysis, a clinical method for treating psych- psychopathology through dialogue between a patient and a psychoanalyst. In finding psychoanalysis, Freud developed therapeutic techniques such as the use of free association and discovered tele transference establishing its central role in the analytical process. Freud's redefinition of sexuality to include its infantile forms led him to formulate the Oedipus complex as the central tenet of psychoanalytical theory. That's Oedipus. Ah, thank you. Uh, Nonetheless, Freud's work has suffused contemporary Western thought and pop culture. In the words of W.H. Order's 1928 tribute to Freud, he had created a whole climate of authority opinion under whom we conduct our different lives. He died from a drug overdose at the age of 83 in Hampstead, London. You know actually uh, this year is his 80 this is his eightieth anniversary of his death, this year mm-hmm. alone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Alright, so on our famous on our famous birthdays, uh 23rd of September 1869, Mary Mallon, known as typhoid Mary, was an Amer- Irish American cook. She was the first person in the United States identified as a a symptomatic carrier of the pathogen associated with typhoid fever. She was presumed to have infected 51 people, three of whom died over the course of her career as a cook. She was twice forcibly isolated by public health authorities and died after a total of nearly three decades in isolation. She was born in Cookstown, County Tyrone. Uh, 23rd of September, 1897, Walter Pigeon, Canadian-American actor. He earned two American award, Academy Awards for... Best Actor nominations for his roles in Mrs. Miniver and Madame Curie. Uh, Pigeon also starred in many films such as most famously Forbidden Planet, which he played as Dr. Mobius. He received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1960 and a Screen Actors Guild Life Achievement Award in 1975. He was born in St. John, New Brunswick. Uh, 23rd of September 1917, Asima Chatterjee, uh, Indian Organic Chemist noted for work in the fields of organic chemistry and cytomedicine. Her most notable work include research on vincer alkaloids, the development of anti-epileptic drugs, and the development of anti-malarial drugs. She also authored a considerable volume of work on medicinal plants of the Indian subcontinent. She was the first woman to receive a doctorate of science from an Indian university. Chatterjee also wrote around 400 papers, which were published in both national and international journals. She was born in Calcutta, known as Kolkata. Uh, and finally, for our events of interest, on the 23rd of September, 1846, uh, astronomers Urbine Jean-Joseph Leverian, Jean John Couch Adams, and Johann Gottfried Gohl collaborate on the discovery of Neptune. The planet Neptune was mathematically predicted before it was directly observed. With the prediction of Urbine Leveria, telescopic observations confirming the existence of a major planet were made it was a sensational moment on of 19th century science and dramatic confirmation of newtonian gravitational in francois arago's apt phrase the very air has discovered a planet with the point of his pen the discovery of neptune led to the discovery of its moon triton by william lassell just 17 days later uh 23rd of september uh 1962, The Jetsons premiered in primetime with its very first episode, a little bit of lunacy entitled Rosie the Robot. It was Hanna-Barbera's base age counterpart to The Flintstones. While well, The Flintstones lived in a world where, uh, which was a comical version of the Stone Age with machines powered by birds and dinosaurs, The Jetsons lived in a comical version of a century in the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, with elaborate robotic contraptions, aliens, holograms, and whimsical revenge. The original series comprised 24 episodes and aired on Sunday nights on ABC America.
2: But there's also a crossover where the Flintstones, like the Jetsons go down to ground level where the Flintstones (laughs) live. So (laughs) the Flintstones aren't really Stone Age. They're just poor people.
0: (laughs) And finally, on the 24th of September, 1957, in... 1954, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in favor of Brown v. Board of Education, education um, case that segregation of schools in American South was unconstitutional. Despite its rulings, integrating the schools was no simple act. The conflict over segregation in schools reached its height at Little Rock Central High School in Arkansas. Nine black students attempted to enroll in 1957, prompting a fierce backlash from the pro-segregation state government of Governor Orval Faubus. On the 4th of September 1957, the Arkansas National Guard were mobilized by Falbus to prevent the integration of students. The intervention of President D. Eisenhower proved, in, proved decisive. He ordered the National Guard be federalized, taking them out of the governor's control, and ordered the U.S. Army to support the integration of the school. Students were successfully integrated on the September 23rd, 1957. And this photo that we've got on our show notes was taken on the 24th of September, 1957.
1: And they were being escorted in by the 101st Airborne Division, I believe it was.
0: Anyways, uh, that's all. Yes, they yeah. were being
2: escorted by the Airborne because they were going to the School of the Air.
0: <laughs> Anyways, will uh,
2: go back to my cave now. <laughs> Please do.
0: <sighs> Anyways, that's it for, for, for tonight. Um... Guys, where can they find us?
2: That's your job. Think I know this?
0: No, <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I, I, I hope you know all
1: this. Um, well, we got an email address. Um, if you want to contact us, um, what's the email address again, DJ? Uh
0: dot at gmail dot com.
2: didn't think you were getting out of it that easily, did you?
1: And what's the Twitter address? Twit.
0: Oh, it's uh dot Oh. At and amalgamated. That's our Twitter.
1: <laughs> and where else can they find us? They
0: can find us on Facebook, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iTunes. They can also find us on That's dot com, where we have merchandise as well and an archive of our old episodes and other That's Not Canon podcasts.
1: And where are we ho- hoping to make any upcoming appearances anywhere, in case people want to uh. come and find us?
0: Oh, we'll be making a big, big appearance at Supernova.
1: Is it going to be a big, big appearance, or are we just going to be making
2: an appearance?
0: Well, I like to make a big entrance, but, yeah, we we'll are making an appearance.
2: You can't make a big entrance. You're too small.
0: Oh, no. I'm the same size as you, Professor.
2: No, you're not. not even close.
0: <laughs> Anyways, uh, do we have a, that's kind okay, of shout-out to give out for this week?
2: Um...
1: I'm going to say off with the fairies.
0: Nice. Okay. Anyways, that's all for tonight. Um. See you guys. I'll see you next week.
1: Remember to stay safe, look out for each other, and stay hydrated. Go root.